The following is a presentation of the Noise Space Network. Find more great podcasts at noisespace.xyz. We begin in Southern California three decades ago. Two wet souls were brought to this earth, separated by just a scant few miles, and unbeknownst to each other. The fates kept them separate as they grew from brass whelps into homosexual young women with hard opinions about cheaply made processed foods. One of them, a black-clad warrior, fighting for metals heavy and corn syrups high fructose. The other, a living embodiment of no-calorie soda, literally begging the gods to strike her down where she stands, or at least strike her with a cease and desist order. Now the world has united these two to clash over their cheap foodstuffs, and we meet them here, the battlefield where they are destined for eternal combat. Ladies and ghouls, it is my pleasure to welcome you to Diet Coke and Lilith's House of Snacks. doing today lily on this our first movie snacks episode special do we have a specific name we're calling it i know we <laughs> should have come up with a name for diet coke house of, diet coke and lilith's cinema selections house of snacks goes to the movies um <laughs> yeah. we got stars in our eyes though not i mean i guess ben stiller I would call Ben Stiller a star. I would call yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Tambor a Woods television star before uh, he was revealed to be a massive fucking creep. Yeah, yeah. I Keenan Thompson. Hey, Keenan Thompson. That's a star in my. That's book. a star. That's a star. That's a star. And this is uh, I would I would call it a star making performance. Paul Feig, maybe not a star in front of yeah. the camera, would go on to direct some maybe some d- divisive movies. <laughs> yeah. Hey, didn't he make Freaks and Geeks? He did as well, yeah. Yes. More recently, people know him as the Ghostbuster 2016 guy, which I I still like that movie. I'm sorry. It's, to... it's not as bad as, I mean, come on. It, it, like, like, are we really going to let the fucking culture warrior chuds? Like, it's a totally decent action yeah. comedy that has, like, does some, like, cool stuff with the visuals of the ghost that I, that I much appreciate over the more recent Ghostbusters film. It's not, like, groundbreaking, but it's, it, yeah, everybody, call, you know, the people who call that movie trash... Uh, are you know they're they're idiots they're yeah you know it's a little thing but there's an effect where the proton beams and like certain ghost powers like come out of the frame so like uh-huh. when when you're watching it at home on TV like it it basically goes into the like black letterbox frames and it looks cool as hell it's like it's just such a cool little detail that I other movies yeah. have done it but that was the first time I'd seen it and uh, I don't know there's good stuff in that movie yeah 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 um so let's let's talk how do we how should we order this i yeah i feel like 
We have a warm snack in front of us. We do. We got a movie and two snacks. Uh, we do have a warm snack. I also, I wanted to cook this before because this is a snack that is famously hot out of the bag, and I did kind of yeah. want it to cool down a little, but we're yeah. probably going to want to talk about our movie, which is Heavyweights, for quite yes. a bit. Yes. So why don't Let's we do, do snack, movie, movie second snack, snack. Second I like snack. That. Uh, All yeah. Right, so yeah. let's hear that first snack intro. Hello, I'm Orville Redenbacher, and I'd like to tell you about my gourmet popping corn, specifically the kettle corn variety. I first had the idea for kettle corn during World War II. I was already too old to enlist, but as you know, my gourmet popping corn is lighter and fluffier than any other popping corn. I thought the troops would appreciate a little treat, so I traveled all throughout the European theater sharing my corn with the boys in their foxholes. One day I was enjoying my time with the other men in our cornhole when we were taken by surprise by a Nazi. Acting quickly, I removed my bowie knife from its holster and cut the kraut from navel to neck. I suppose this particular Nazi must have had diabetes because as the blood spurted into my mouth, I noticed it had a slightly sweet taste that mingled deliciously with the popping corn already in my mouth. I looked down at the bowl, saw those randomly shaped pieces of salty puffed corn kernels speckled with Nazi blood, and me and the boys enjoyed the first batch of Horrible Redenbacher's kettle corn, flavored the natural way. Of course, the commercial product would replicate this flavor with sucralose and wouldn't release until 2002, seven years after my death. My death? Oh yeah, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the shocking origin story of Oral yeah. Redbacher uh, Kettle Corn, it's called. There's a, a lot of revelations here. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, this is, uh, I'm... You know, I wish we had the original uh, version. Oh, with the Nazi blood on it. Yeah, with the it was yeah, flavored yeah. with Nazi blood. That, yeah, that's that does see you can't you know unfortunately you just can't get that authentic flavor in a microwave popcorn bag. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, There's plenty of that in existence currently, though. Yes, Nazi blood. And, it's out and, there, just you waiting know, to be spilled. Perhaps, perhaps if uh, you know major. Um, agri-food agri kind of uh, conglomerates wanted to like mulch <laughs> those people on a mass scale. I'm not saying I'm going to do it. Is this, is this legally actionable? I mean, do I haven't you like spoken specifically <laughs> about anybody. Hey, Lily, how do you feel about kettle corn? I, I generally enjoy it when I have it. It's probably I'll been a while you. since I've had it. I don't think I've had kettle corn in maybe 20 years because I generally don't enjoy it. Okay. Uh, I'm kind of hoping I'll enjoy it this time because I do have like six more bags of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, so we'll see how this goes. Uh-huh. I'll tell you, so far it smells like normal popcorn. I'm going to yeah. take it. I'm going to take a bite. Yeah, let's take it a bite. It does seem to have cooled off significantly as afraid as I was about the heat. Hmm. I'm enjoying this. The light sweetness, it doesn't feel quite as like heavy on the butter as a lot of popcorns do. No, and the sweetness kind of makes up for that. See, I don't, I don't dislike this. 
But it it does kind of come back to my to my my big problem with kettle corn, uh-huh. which is that if I see what looks like popcorn and it's this, I'm going to be mildly disappointed always. I I, I kind of think this the sweetness mm-hmm. doesn't really do much for me. Okay. I don't dislike it, but it's just also kind of like it's it's always like oh I I, I wish this was popcorn is my predominant mm-hmm. feeling anytime I'm eating kettle corn. Okay. I'm just like oh that's not popcorn. <laughs> Not in a way that I like, but people go ape shit for this stuff, it's especially like good. the real stuff you get at like a county fair. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The county fair stuff really is that's let's leagues better than what. Uh, I'm sorry, Orville, but uh, <laughs> well, you, I mean, this did come out after his death, so like you know, he doesn't really necessarily have any personal ties that's to this true. specific recipe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, the thing is, fucking my mouthful. Sorry, that's okay. I'm Very talking rude. shit, but I, you know, I do find my hand just <laughs> gravitating towards the bag. It's fucking popcorn, so like that's kind of how it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is gonna be. Do you, so uh, I, I guess I'm just gonna apologize to to Tony Cuts. Yeah, sorry, Tony. This is gonna be a rough edit. <laughs> uh, um, I, I would call these a would not buy, would eat. Uh, yeah. I'll finish the rest of these. That is a nice revelation. Yeah, but uh, I'm I'm still not getting excited to rush out and buy some some microwave kettle corn. I am also gonna call this a would not buy would eat. It's um not as good as your you know your your carnival kettle corns. Um, and uh, I think I'm gonna have a better time with you know your more conventional home popcorns. But it's it's fine it's did you did you grow up with a home popcorn did you grow up with with popcorn in the home yes yes it would be like uh what were i i don't even remember it, there was like a, a some kind of pop brand i don't know yeah uh, i was gonna ask if you were a redenbacher brand if you want we, we were a pop secret uh household pop secret sounds right um i feel like a few times we tried to make jiffy pop and then uh succeeded in making uh fire in our home <laughs> sure sure <laughs> We yeah we we didn't really have a Jiffy Pop. My we were a Pop Secret family, but I always wanted Act Two because Act Two was was the like crazy buttery one. Yeah 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 Act Two that was I think we probably had Act Two. I Pop Secret I love, sounds I love right. An oct, I, I love an Act Two. Act Two that's yeah getting well, getting back Nazi to blood. the the German thing yeah. Um, no, I like I loved I loved Act Two. I also like Pop Secret. Orville Redenbacher uh-huh. kind of a third tier brand if you ask me. Okay. All right. I mean, it's the man's a pioneer. That's true. Popcorn King of Indiana, according to some YouTube video I watched when I was researching this. <laughs> when I found that real clip of Orville Redenbacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you just pulled that off of the online, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Excuse me. Shall Colonel, we get... Colonel Risk. There's heavy Colonel Risk with popcorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Choking your, you know, your your airways may uh, get some uh, get some damage. Should, should we talk about heavyweights? Talk about heavyweights? Yeah. So I I got a little intro here. Yeah. It's, it's not like a made intro like I usually do. It's a clip from Siskel and Ebert, and then the TV spot to just kind of give you an idea of how the movie was received and how it was advertised. Interesting. So uh, let's just hear that right now. Our next movie is Heavyweights, kind of a cross between a summer camp movie and an obnoxious character study. The movie takes place at a camp for overweight boys who generally have a pretty good time until the camp goes bankrupt and is taken over by a berserk fitness guru. 
Kids like Jerry sometimes wish their lives were different. Nice swing. I'm so slow. Would have been cool to go fast. But now they're learning. I have a plan. There's nothing better. We're as good as anybody. Take them down, Kathy. Than being yourself. Heavyweight, a big new comedy from the creator of The Mighty Ducks, rated PG, starts Friday, February 17th. Heavyweights. Heavyweights. A movie from our childhoods. Were you a yep. fan of this film as a kid? Yes. Me Absolutely. as well. Big yeah. time. Big um, time. And I gotta say, watching it in 2023, it holds up. I think. I'm so glad to hear you say that because I think it holds up very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, like, like, there's, there's so much of this uh, movie that holds up, and and it is like so much of it that just, it, you know, you hear people say this about like, oh, Blazing Saddles or whatever. They'd never make a movie like this today um, for a number of reasons. Um, but it, it 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 so it starts out with I think what a lot of people you know what what Siskel and Ebert kind of pointed out and everything like that with this like utopian vision of this fat camp um, that I I I like love the way that it's presented because it's just like unflinchingly like yeah. There, there's a haven from fat phobia, and that's what this little, you know, the, this 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 fat camp that is marketed as like a weight loss thing, but like isn't really. I actually I have a clip that I've prepared from the film because it's it's one of my favorite uh, little dialogue exchanges in the movie that it is about that idea. Is it uh, the first scene that we see Keenan Thompson on the airplane? It is, in fact, the first scene that we yes! see Keenan Thompson on the airplane. There's a line in here that I'll, we'll talk about after I play the clip that I can't believe wasn't, like, the tagline of the movie because... Right. W- w- let's just hear it. Let's just hear it. Hit at the back camp. Oh? Why do you say that? Because you're fat. Is that your dad? No. Well, why do you say that? Because he's fat, too. Well, so are you. I know. That's why I'm going to fat camp. I'm Roy. I'm Jerry. Yeah, I guess I'm going. I knew it. And that's your dad, too, isn't it? Hell no. Well, you're going to love camp, man. Camp is awesome. Plus, no one picks on you because you're not the fat kid. Everybody's the fat kid. That line, that last yeah. line, uh-huh. I think is is such a great encapsulation of like what is appealing about this movie. Yeah. And I think that scene, too, the whole thing is just like part of why... I think it holds up so well is that it's like in a way that is like subtle and tender. It kind of does this, this familiar scene of like the outsider being, you know, the outcast being a little guarded, not wanting to say that they're the fat kid going to fat camp Uh and then, you know, realizing that it's a safe space that they're among friends. Uh huh. It's just such a delightful moment that like purpose that like, uh, encapsulates, uh, I, I think why this movie holds up so well. There are so many moments like that that are just so well done. And I can't believe nobody, you're not the fat kid, everybody's the fat kid wasn't like the tagline of this movie because that's I like, know. that's the movie in one line, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 so, okay, should we should we like kind of break down, I, I mean, Siskel and Ebert already kind of broke down what the what the basic plot is. I have is... another Siskel and Ebert quote too. Uh, which fantastic. <laughs> because I, I feel, I, I was reading, we love this movie 
Yes. Everyone I know who's like around our age seems to love this movie. Very yes. well loved by people our age. It Critics did not love this movie. This movie has a 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. Morons. Uh, and this is Clonebert clip, which I, I want to play at the start here because we so we can di- di- uh, discuss it because it's kind of, they kind of sum up, they're just stating their opinions, but it is very much in line with the critical consensus in a way that really makes me feel like I was watching a different movie than they were. Interesting. Uh, let me let me just play that clip right now. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. And unfortunately, you know, there's a blown opportunity to deal with the issue of overweight children, which is a big issue, and there's a lot of pain associated with these kids. The movie doesn't have the courage to do right, that either. Gene, maybe if you had been able to see that movie, you wouldn't make fun of me all the time for being fat. I, I, Roger, if you don't want me to, it'll never happen again. I also included that kind of awkward moment between Siskel and Ebert themselves at the God, end there. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah, you know, just on TV. Um, but like that thing Siskel says about how it's a missed opportunity because this doesn't like get into the pain of fat kids. The whole movie's about the pain of fat. Like, what yeah. movie was he watching? What is he talking about? I mean, they're what they're. I I think what they're saying is like, uh, oh, this movie didn't deal with fixing the problem of well, fat yes. kids. Like, and that's why I wanted to play this first because that seemed to be a thing that a lot of reviews were getting at. Yeah, and I think that is. I think oh, what happened is you you missed the subtext and you <laughs> you. I mean, in fact, you were outsmarted by the children's film heavyweight. So it's so like subtext is is being. I think I think that's a little too much to call it fucking subtext. <laughs> the fucking text of the film is that sure. like like you have this like you know the 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 you know the so what is presented at the at the start of the the movie is this fat camp where you know maybe maybe kids aren't losing you know a ton of weight when they go to this camp but they're staying active they're having a good time they're probably eating a little bit healthier than they are at, at the home, yeah. at home and that's probably good for them they're probably gaining a fuck ton of self esteem by just yes. like having a good time around people around them and being around someone like pat who you know is just like I awesome. can't tell you, as a, as a as a fat kid myself, and uh, yeah, uh, I can't tell you how what the character of Pat Finley meant to me as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I I I'll, I'm not afraid to say it. I cried watching this movie this time yeah. because it just took me so far back to childhood, where like all I wanted was an adult in my life like Pat Finley, and a lot yes. of us fat kids didn't have one. Uh huh. Uh huh. And like 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 the whole thing is you know that like. They, it's it's just like they've created this culture around like you know it, it, it I wouldn't even call it like fat positivity but it's just like like you know hey you're fine being who you are and we're gonna have a good time and we're not gonna be fucking you know beat up by anybody or you know ridiculed by somebody there's a fucking camp across the way but like you know whatever um well yeah it's also like it's kind of I subtext is the wrong word I guess but it's like a, a slightly nuanced position in that it's like it's something that you that I think still is a problem today where like a lot of people don't realize that getting skinny and getting healthy are not the same thing. Yes. And so you're not and and so a lot of people because they don't understand that think it kind of justifies cruelty towards fat people. Yes. And I think what this movie does so well is is point out that that's bullshit. Yes. And another thing that's in the full Siskel and Ebert review that I didn't bring up but that is also in a lot of reviews is that they said a lot of people seem to think that this was one movie making fun of 
infomercial fitness people and another movie about fat kids at a summer camp and that they don't mesh together. And that seems just like such an... A, they work hand You're in missing hand. the points, points. So they are so tied together. Yes. Like one is so, so firmly a part of the other that I don't understand... Again, I feel like I'm watching a different movie. This is is a movie about two oppositional values of, (laughs) like, like this fucking Synanon-inspired, like, you know, anti-fatness crusade, and then, like, you know, what fat acceptance that is tied in with, like, you know, uh, my girlfriend and I had a discussion about, you know, there's a scene that I believe is on your soundboard um, where uh, the, the, you know, after all of the kids have, like, fucking gulagged the uh the fascist uh fucking Which we should, fitness to your point, we should go through the movie like through the plot and get to that point but yeah okay 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 yeah 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 then we'll we'll get to what i was gonna talk about because yeah. like 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 yeah okay so so then yeah do you want to do like like kind of a a, a you know beat by beat just kind of making our way through the plot because i'd love yeah. to because i love this movie <laughs> it's such a good movie and i i'll tell you i this is the second time i've watched it as an adult yeah but the last time was when i was like in my mid to early 20s so it was like yeah. it's still been a while and i was so i still had this one of like is it gonna hold up and every every time i watch this movie every you know like once a decade or whatever i'm just yeah. like yeah holds the fuck up mm-hmm so the movie starts with, you know, we, we, we get like, it's the last day of school. We see Jerry leaving and we get this kind of montage of, of just like his life sucks because yeah. no one respects him because he's the fat kid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's still like then, chased by a dog for some reason because even the yeah. dog is fat phobic. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it does a good, I, I, I think this is like immediately right off the bat, we're seeing what this movie is good at, which is like portraying fat kids lives as miserable mm-hmm. but like not not as a joke not as a stereotype it's just like generally like yeah it's like not great to be a fat kid yeah but not in a way that feels like uh i don't know weary or or, or whatever and 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 i mean like the fundamental like cause of a lot of misery in fat kids lives is other people treating them like shit for being yeah. fat exactly I had so many moments in this movie where I just I felt it in my bone as a fat kid. Yeah, uh, I guess as a former fat kid, as a fat adult, the the moment when he gets home and it's like basically his parents have staged an intervention to tell him that mm-hmm. they're sending him to fat kid fat camp. Yeah. Now I I've had like I don't know about you uh, or your upbringing, but uh, for me I I never had the fat camp conversation like that. Yeah. But I did have the you're too fat conversation like that. Uh, and it's like, it is, it is the moment every fat kid fears. And it's, yeah. it's so well done of just like, I don't know. Like, I, I can't understand. Like, that's why also kind of why I wanted to include that weird, awkward moment between Siskel and Ebert, because like, mm-hmm. Ebert, you're one of us. How did you not get that? Like, how did yeah. you not feel that in your bones? Like I did. Maybe it's because he's a different generation. I don't know. Uh-huh. But I, I just, right, there's so many moments in this movie where I'm just like, yeah, that was my childhood right there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely had a few similar moments. Um, I kind of, you know, I, I, I was actually kind of a rail up until I was like twelve or so, and then like, you know, <laughs> one of the many things, un- undesirable things that puberty did to me was I, I started putting on weight. Um, 
and it it yeah it there's a lot of unpleasant fucking conversations that happen um when adults are trying to you know deal with the you know quote unquote problem of a fat kid yeah uh, it, it, yeah it sucks. It. <laughs> yeah. it's 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 it fucking sucks and but, sorry go ahead no, 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 go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, but Jerry watches the video and he's like, he sees the blob and he, and he sees the go-karts and he's like, all right, this camp does actually look pretty cool. Yeah. So he kind of like, he warms up to it a little. Which also, the blob, I think, is such a brilliant thing to be in this movie because yes. I, I was talking about this with, with my beautiful wife, Casey, who w- was also a big fan of this film growing up. And you see the blob and you instantly, every kid that watches this movie, at least for me and Casey... Yeah, you wanted to go on the blob so fucking yes. bad, which yes. is like just like the the confidence of this movie that knows they can just show you the blob in the first five minutes because then it will feel devastating when you spoilers see them kill the blob later. Yeah, you see them kill the uh, kill the blob, and and here's here's something here's something else that I the, the, the that oh, I will the, tell you. We should you. explain what the blob is, by the way, yeah, before we. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the blob is like a big inflatable thing that you have in the middle of a lake. There's a platform above it, and what you do is you kind of go through a, a, a cycle of uh, basically like there's one kid on the blob at one end, and another kid jumps on the blob and launches the other kid into the air. And yeah. let me tell you a fun secret about the blob that uh, that, that that nobody will tell you about, and it's I, I think part of why putting the blob in this movie is so genius is that... If you've ever been uh, a uh, an experiencer of the blob, and uh, you're the only fat kid, no one's gonna be able to launch you. It's not fun. It's fun for everybody else because the fat kid launches them. But yeah. if everybody's the fat kid, everybody get can get launched. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Everybody can get launched, and it's 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 a genuinely enjoyable thing that gets more enjoyable because you have fat kids around. <laughs> yeah, and that's like there are so many smart details about this movie that yeah. I think a lot of critics just overlooked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God, Heavyweights is so good. Yeah, but anyway, he gets on the plane. We hear that scene that we we heard already with Keenan. A, and and like a very early Keenan Thompson role. He is yeah, this what is a baby babe. boy. This is pre Keenan and Kel Keenan. This is maybe pre all that even pre D two like Mighty he Ducks. Shot this. Yeah, and it was. But I so I didn't see this movie in theaters because I was four when it came out. Right. Um, it was a big like DVD and Disney Channel movie uh, for me. Uh-huh. So like I already knew who Keenan was going in, and so of course that was just like as a huge Keenan fan. Right. That was just like it was all part of it. This movie was such a moment <laughs> as a kid. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, but anyway, he so they, they he's on the plane. They land. They meet Pat, and like right off the bat, Pat is just like so fun and so personable, and just immediately yeah. puts all the kids at ease, including uh-huh. Jerry, who is you know new. They go to camp. Is there anything you want to talk about there? There, you know, he's just he's like like it's such like the like absolute dream of like who you want as as like the the you know the the what am I trying to say? Like what is the camp counselor? Is it yeah yeah whatever? But like like he's just 
fun. You know, he makes the joke about like, oh, new kid always drives the bus to camp. Yeah. And then like, you know, he's driving the bus to camp and and he's like, we, should, like say, they, we should clarify. He, he doesn't he actually is. make that. Yeah, yeah. He does a fun gag where he's like, oh, you can't drive stick. Never mind. You can't drive the bus. Right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah. And then and then they're driving down like this perfectly framed, like just yeah. <laughs> Margo called a it a murderer's a row yeah. of like all the best fucking fast food uh, chains. And He's like, all right, let me pull over. And then he's like, no, I'm not actually going to pull over at the fast food. Uh, 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 and then they, you know, they, they, they get to camp and they get off of the bus. Um, and we meet two characters right here. One of them, I forget, uh, Paul, Paul Feig's uh, character's Tim. name. This is his character's Tim. name, yeah. Tim, who, like... The 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 joke behind Tim is that all of the characters are constantly giving him shit because he's a former fat guy who lost who actually lost weight, which again is another another thing that's in this movie that I think is so smart that it's like the movie sidesteps it being fat people versus skinny people and makes yeah. it about you know kids who are just trying to live like kind people and cruel people really yeah and I think Tim is such a crucial part of that as like the the skinny one of the two skinny allies to the fat kids in the movie and and, and like you know the I say that they're like giving him shit like it's so clearly like in very in good fun he's like joking around with them and like like he's showing off his physique when the nurse comes by again forget yeah. her character's name Judy. Judy. Hey everybody, it's Resident House of Snacks editor Tony Cuts. People know me, know I love cutting audio and cutting cold cut sandwiches. Got a little email from uh, Sugar Free Canada Dry, whatever she goes by. She says, Hey Tony, sorry to write in with a correction again so soon. We actually do correct ourselves in the episode, but it takes a while. I don't want the listener to get worried. Around the half hour mark, I say that the nurse's character's name is Judy, but actually her name is Julie with an L. So if you could fix that, that would mean a lot. Thanks to Milton. And she writes Diet Coke here on the bottom. I don't know what that's all about. P.S. Thank you so much for the tomatoes. I had a best BLT. I had the best BLT I've ever made with them. Oh, that's sweet. I'm glad she enjoyed the tomatoes. You know, my boyfriend Sal, he's a real whiz in the garden. He makes, he makes, he grows the best tomatoes you've ever seen. Uh, come, they start to come in around May. That's so lovely. I make sure all my friends get a nice big batch of them. I hope uh, you folks at home out there are enjoying your summer tomatoes. They're in season now. Don't forget to get out to uh, Sprouts, wherever you get your produce. Check out the tomatoes. we got a really good crop this year if uh, the other gardens are as good as sales. Uh, anyway... Uh, my theme song has got to the weird circusy part that uh, I always have to cut out. It's a real pain in the ass. I'm just gonna leave it in this time for you so you can hear, so you can maybe understand why I have different theme music next time you hear me. Because uh, I can't uh, with this circus shit. I can't. Uh, anyway, bye bye. Hope you all have a lovely time. Don't forget to leave your conditioner in for the full amount that it says on the bottle. Okay. Bye bye. And Judy starts chatting up Pat, which leads to, again, I, God, 
We're, we're just going to break down every fucking second of this movie because it's excellent. It's all um, gold. It's all gold. I, I, I did. I don't know if you remember this, but several years ago, I, 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 I just think on in a Twitter conversation, I pitched you a podcast that we could do called Heavyweight a Minute. Um, yeah, that yeah. would be a minute by minute breakdown of heavyweights. We I, could do it. I don't. That might still happen. Maybe that's a Patreon. <laughs> Maybe that's Maybe our that's new a Patreon, Patreon thing. <laughs> um, I still want to do David Armalite Rifle White, but sure. I don't know. Let us know. Heavyweights is a more like a you know thematically appropriate movie for us to be a talking about. Podcast, yeah. Yeah, as a snacks podcast. Um but uh you know Judy starts chatting up Pat and th- <laughs> he's tongue-tied and she's so clearly still into him and it's yeah there the scenes are very fun to watch. I will say one probably fair criticism about this movie is that the character of Judy is a little underwritten. Yeah. Especially as the only woman in the movie. Uh Uh-huh. Because, like, her one note, like, from the second she arrives on screen, every single scene, her one thing is that she wants to fuck Pat. Yes. She wants to fuck Pat so bad. I mean, there does get to be, like, later on things where, like, she is also concerned about the well-being of the children. Yeah, true. um, As the camp nurse. Uh But, like... Yeah, she she does want to fuck Pat, but it's 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 also never played off for laughs, which I think a worse movie would do. Agreed completely. Um, but and it's also but, like not only is it not played off for laughs, but it's like, and we'll talk about them when we get to them. But it, it puts in a lot of moments where it's like, it's not like you know a lot of people will. I, I think there's like a weird. Uh, you know, we don't need to get into the the layers of of problematic nature of the sitcom trope of like a fat husband, hot wife. Right. Uh, it could fall into that troop trope uh, trap as well. But I, which also like again, I don't want to get into the layers. Like you shouldn't shame fat people like that. But also like right. whatever. A lot of times, a lot of times. So so let me. It's let not me, just fat me... husband, but shitty husband usually. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the thing is a lot of times those you know those like like for example. Kevin James's character on King of Queens, we are never given a single fucking reason why his wife likes him at all. Heavyweights, however, we get several moments where it's like, oh yeah, it totally makes sense why she would want to be with this guy. Totally makes sense. But you know, he's 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 also he's also like, you know, He's not a bad looking dude. Like no. he, he it's Tom McGowan, know. by the way, Frasier fans might know as Kenny Daly, the manager of a uh, KCL on Frasier. He, he is both. He's both like you know. He's he, he he's a good looking dude, but he also is like super fun and like you know plays well with kids and, and like there is there's a scene we'll get to this scene but there is a scene where I, I I think the specific like like you could just see the face acting on the woman who's playing Judy as yeah. as she switch as a, a switch in her brain goes from I'm gonna fuck this dude to this dude's gonna put a baby in me a hundred percent we I, and I know exactly the moment you're talking about and we'll get to that <laughs> uh, I almost clipped that scene as well but it, it just there wasn't good audio for it yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not a good audio scene it's mostly just like, like well because yeah, it yeah. comes right after a scene with him and Jerry that I really like but it yes. but it's also like that scene with him and Jerry kind of happens twice and it's better the second whatever yeah yeah, yeah. um so from there we go to like the camp you know like commencement thing 
Yeah. Right. Well, we do. They have one fun day before the owners are supposed to show That's up. Right. And we do get like an establishing shot of them fucking around on the blob. So like we know that they experienced the joy of the blob before it was taken from they them. They experienced the joy from the blob. And we also get like a, a like James Bond Q level like montage of them just like stashing uh, yeah, yeah. sweets All their candy in and their bunks. Yeah, yeah there, it's yeah. a very funny moment where Jerry's like, hey, don't tell anybody, but I snuck in some Oreos just in case. And then uh, Keenan's like, Roy, yeah. it's Keenan's character. And he's like, that, that's great, man. And then yeah, they have this yeah, montage yeah. where everyone just has like these insane setups where they have like briefcases full of candy. and Just like a, and, uh, a, a military level smuggling operation of yeah, yeah. delicious and treats. <laughs> we also get the first of many uh, gross gross out jokes in this movie yes. that I that I thought were very funny as a kid and still think they're funny now where uh-huh. one of the kids, the chocolate has melted all over his uh, <laughs> stomach. So like in good fun, but they like they push him onto a bed and yeah. they all like dogpile him to lick the chocolate off his belly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny to me. You ask it's, me, that's funny stuff. It's funny. It's funny. There, there. You know, there's a reading of that scene where it's like, oh, that's gross, but like, whatever. It's fun. But that, kids are gross, you know. And yeah, it's kids like, are you know, gross. Whatever. <laughs> kids are fucking gross. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. And then, and then, yeah, we go to the the camp commencement mm-hmm. after we've established this this fucking utopia. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we keep hearing that. Oh, you're gonna love these guys. You're gonna love yeah. the owners, the Bushniks. Uh huh. The Bushniks and the Bushniks show up, and it's uh, it's Jerry Stiller. Yeah. And uh, do you know the woman's? Uh, uh, I don't. I meant to look this up, and I forgot. It's it's fine. It's fine. She's in like thirty seconds I, of the movie. Yeah. Um. But Jerry Stiller, father of Ben Stiller, of course, the mm-hmm. main villain in the film. Yeah. Uh, there's some fun behind the scenes footage that uh, I saw in my research of uh, Ben uh, acting like he doesn't know who Jerry is and big timing him. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> in that same group of footage. There's like a scene of Ben Stiller with all the kids and we'll get into this, but like he's scary in the movie. Yeah. And they, and he's like not, it's not like he's being especially friendly with them. He's just kind of being normal with the kids, but they're all like hanging over him. Like you really get the sense in this footage that these kids loved Ben Stiller, which I, I thought was very funny. Oh, uh, that's Because that's he's good. so monstrous in the movie. But yeah. 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 And so we get the, you know, first there's like a camp, you know, like as if you've ever been to a fucking summer camp, there's always like some kind of chant that you do as like yeah. a, you know, in, in, in there's a like slider where it goes from, you know, fun commune, commune kind of thing to like fascist camp kind of thing where yeah. it's like, you know, it could be, it could be one or the other, but this is very much. These kids are just having fun, and they say like "hiya, hiya, ho" to the or whatever it is. Is that it? Um, uh, I think that sounds right. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, by the way, the woman I've looked it up. It's Anne Mira, who is Jerry Stiller's wife and Ben Stiller's mother as well. Oh. Those are actually both of his parents. I didn't know. Well, that. yeah, and that I mean, they had they had like a fun little you know little old couple chemistry to them, yeah. and you know they announce. That they got shafted on some sort of financial deal. Yeah. And really, it's just a quick thing, but like re- utilizing the comedic talent of Jerry Stiller mm-hmm. immediately, where he kind of like, they're people on the edge who have just lost everything and they're they're not doing a great job of hiding it in front of these yeah. kids. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. 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 The 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 moment. So they 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 explain that they no longer own the 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 camp, Camp Hope. And um, there's, you know, just some kind of, you know, they 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 kind of they ask for one 
one more camp hiya hiya ho and it's like they get a very muted one in response because everyone is grieving everyone's so bummed everyone's so bummed and then they leave and then Jerry Stiller comes back and he says just one word of advice for you all never let anybody sign your checks <laughs> <laughs> it's brutal it's rough that's yeah. uh, this movie I, I it's so like it's like so equal parts like comedy and like really weirdly effective kid horror where it's yeah. like these adults doing things that like it makes it very easy for you to empathize with the kids and, and think about how fucking terrified you would be if this yeah. happened to you in real life. Right. It's wonderful. It's 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 great. And then fucking oh my god. The introduction of Ben Stiller's character mm-hmm. that immediately follows this. Yeah. Um, and all of the fucking camp counselors that that file in uh, after him, it's it's incredible. It, it and it is a great like like horror movie slash comedy movie like introduction of this character because he uh-huh. comes in with a bunch of fucking jackbooted thugs. Yeah. Uh, that that are that are all wearing like matching t-shirts and he you know unveils this like set he's got a camera guy following him around if those of you who haven't seen this movie um there is such a clear line to draw between um ben stiller's performance in heavyweights to ben stiller's performance in dodgeball a true underdog story yeah um he's playing a very similar character yeah there's, we also get uh, uh, so that this movie technically takes place in the same universe as uh, the Ben Stiller's sketch comedy show, because Tony Perkis's father, Tony Perkis Senior, is a character from his sketch show from before Heavyweights. I had no idea. Uh, also in that universe is the Ben Stiller Starsky and Hutch, because Tony Perkis Senior also shows up in that. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Whatever. <laughs> that's that's wacky. It is. Uh, but what I like about the scene and throughout the movie, uh-huh. it really does not shy away from fascist imagery in the yes. way it portrays the Tony Perkis and and his you know cronies. Uh huh. Uh huh. Like the camera guy too. When I saw this movie when I was in like junior high and I was already starting to be an Adam Sandler fan, the camera guy is Alan Cuvier who. Sandler heads will recognize as like one of Sandler's crews who's in all of his movies. Oh, okay. Okay. I did not know this. Yeah. Um, a little fun fact. Yeah. 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 Um, and so, yeah. And he, he, there's like, there's all sorts of red flags that are being dropped in uh, uh, Ben Stiller's, uh, you know, his Tony Perkis's opening monologue to the kids, uh, including like, Okay, so he's shooting an infomercial this whole time because yeah. he's he's trying to turn this into an ad for his fat camp that is that is going to be effective as opposed to you know the the old camp hope. Yeah. Um, he also includes that this is going to be his first time interacting with children ever. Ever, yeah. Which is a bonkers detail that I always forget about this movie. Yeah, is that yeah. he grew up with private tutors, so he has just never interacted with kids until now. Yeah. Which is 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 great as a detail of this character. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I don't know how how granular you want we want to get into. Yeah, I, like, I think next... here we because we we spent a lot of time on the intro here. We, yeah, I feel like we can kind of skip over. We can yada 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 over just like the, the, just the fascist crackdown of like turning this from a fun camp for fat kids into like a an in, like a a a, a 
culty institution for weight loss. Yeah. And we meet like, uh, so we uh, there are some characters I want to talk about just so we know because they'll come up in the you know finale. We uh-huh. meet Lars, who's like kind of the main uh, guard, <laughs> counselor, camp counselor, I guess is the word. He takes really over guard. Pat's position as yeah. like the counselor of Jerry's bunk. And he's like German coded, but he doesn't say he's German. He says he's from far away. Yes, uh, yes. Um, which is like where a lot of the comedy comes in. I, it, I And here's another thing where I can see why critics maybe didn't like this because it's a little cheesy, a little easy. Yeah. But I still think it's funny. Uh, a, a scene uh, that a lot of people remember. So he tells uh, Judy that, uh, oh, don't worry that I'm not watching the kids. I have them on the body system. And she says, the body system? And then he whistles and he says, body! And then all the kids go. <laughs> Famous moment, very fun. There's also, I couldn't find the clip on YouTube, so I, didn't, I wasn't able to clip it in time, but my uh-huh. favorite uh, funny line from this movie is when uh, he's, they're doing the very cruel thing of taking before pictures of all the kids. Yes. And one and I think Keenan moons the camera, and the camera breaks, and he goes, you've broken my camera! Yeah, yeah, Which is yeah. just, it's just like, it's funny because it's like, that's one of those lines that's like funny because of the poetry of the way the words sound in that accent. It just, it, it'll hit you, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I mean, also like, yeah, it, there's no way for someone to break your camera like that. It's <laughs> yeah, not yeah, yeah, it's a silly concept, work. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other Perkiskar that I want to mention is, uh, so there's a scene where he like pats down Keenan. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some, I don't think this is a bad thing about the movie, but some might call it questionable in how... <laughs> real it is there's like yeah. a couple moments where ben stiller is like says racist shit to keenan yeah um when he's listening to everybody's future professions he says that keenan will grow up to be a rap artist and uh-huh. then he is keenan is the one who he singles out to frisk yes um when he's searching for snacks he mm-hmm. of course does find a, a pez on keenan there's a very funny scene where he unloads the pez like it's a gun yes and and there's like metallic sounds of like the pez hitting the ground like they are in fact bullets <laughs> which yeah. is so it's good <laughs> uh but then in that scene the other Perkis guard that i want to bring up one of yes. the Perkis guards is a former chipmunk chipmunk is like the name of their cabin right um and he he reveals their like main spot hiding spot, and I want to mm-hmm. bring him up because he has like a whole arc that just happens in the yes. background of this movie. That yes. again, I think is one of the like smart, subtle things this movie does that maybe some critics overlooked. His arc is so fucking genius. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the next big scene I want to talk about, yes, is the dance, which I feel is kind of a pivotal oh, scene. Oh my and god, a, and the a, dance is so good. And a, a moment where like the movie shifts for me from like a great movie to one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah, yeah, truly. So, the, one of the uh, many ways that Tony Perkis chooses to humiliate these fat kids mm-hmm. is he organizes a dance with the girls' camp. Yes. Because there's there is there just seems to be like this part of the country for whatever reason just has like any flavor of camp that this guy can call on. There's a mean I feel like that's kind of true. And a girls I, camp and then <laughs> fat kids camp. He probably, I do feel like that's yeah. kind of true though. I feel like camps neighbor other camps. I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. that's a thing. But anyway, he so he set up this this dance with the girls camp for the express purpose of humiliating them. Mm-hmm. You know, because he 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 believes. And here's where so you know Casey, my wife. She she grew up very skinny, and yet she's still very much related to this movie. I know other kids uh-huh. who didn't grow up fat kids uh, uh, who related very strongly to this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think this scene partly is where it crystallizes like how well, how good a job this movie ha- does of resonating with just outcasts and outsiders of any type. Yep. And not to sound too galaxy brain, 
but I was specifically reminded of the current struggle struggle for trans rights, where fascists will use cis will try to use cis women as a cudgel against an oppressed group. Yes! And then the cis women foil the plan by just being cool. Yeah, but which is what happens normal. in the scene. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh my god. I Yes. <laughs> and it's so good. We're like at first the dance is a little awkward. Uh-huh. Um they don't want to dance. One of the girls does say a mean thing and then another girl just like shuts her right up uh, yeah. by pointing out yeah, that she has an yeah. eating disorder, which again is like maybe a little flippant, but like I th- I still think it's like funny and also as a way of pointing out like hey, people who are shitty to fat people really fuck up girls too. We know it's yeah. about boys, but like right. it's bad for everyone. It's bad yeah, yeah. The the, the culture of fat phobia is bad for everyone and that is one of the things that this fucking displays. Yeah. And and I mean like the 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 dance isn't awkward because there's, you know, pretty girls and fat boys. It's awkward because these are like you know, probably like seven to twelve year old children. Oh yeah, of course. Who are just like being forced into this, you know, a dance situation, which is never like at this age, it never goes well, ever. Yeah. And as there's a, a line too, where Tim so, to the scene opens with Tim going, uh, "Sugar free punch, this sucks." Uh-huh. So it's like we also get the idea that it has been organized as a bad dance. Like yes. it's it is not set up for them to have a good time on purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But then, like Tim starts dancing, and yes. then Julie starts dancing, and then Pat, in the first sign of overcoming his fears of women, he starts uh-huh. dancing with her. Uh huh. And then the the girls are just like, "Let's dance with these fat kids." Like, why? Why? Yeah. It doesn't have to be a bad time, and they have a lovely time. Yeah. And, and like all fascists, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Tony Perkins sees that 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 uh, the people he thought he could he could manipulate into being his side, in fact, are smarter than him and didn't fall for that. Mm-hmm. And so he just shuts the whole thing down. You know, immediately shuts the thing down. Yeah. It's such a good scene. Yeah. And like Judd, I, I think Judd, it's Judd Apatow and someone else who wrote Stephen this. Stephen Brill, who uh, is also the, the writer director. of like no Stephen Brill also co-wrote it. Uh, oh, okay. And he was but also he also did direct the, it. Yeah, he he he's he's the writer director on this, and he also wrote the Mighty Ducks movies. Oh, cool! It's just I, this screenplay doesn't get enough. Cra- I know that sounds like yeah. a crazy thing for like a a, a kids camp comedy Fucking from right, uh, from 1995 uh-huh. that has 29 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but this screenplay <laughs> doesn't get enough credit. Like that moment is so crucial, and it comes yeah. at exactly the right time in the movie. Uh, it's great. Okay, can we? I. Th- Feel like we're getting to the scene that I talked to uh, talked about earlier. Yeah, I would agree is with that. that. Let's okay, do it. okay. So early on in the movie, one of the things that is shown in the tape and is shown as like kind of an early thing that like Jerry is, gets him on board with Camp Hope is the go karts. Yes. And one of the first things that Tony Perkis does is he dismantles the go karts. He t- he pulls the engines out of them specifically. Yeah. And there's there's also a scene where uh, Jerry calls home, you know, being like, "Hey, camp sucks now." And yeah. uh, his dad says, "I didn't send you to camp to play on go kart. I did not send you to go kart camp. I almost right. clipped that line as well. Yeah, too. I don't know why I didn't. I think I just ran out of time. I had to go make popcorn. It's fine. It's um, fine. Um, but uh, that that line also hit me hard because I was like, "Oh yeah, that is exactly what my parents would say in this mm-hmm. situation." Like mm-hmm. that. Uh, such a such a deft hand writing this movie, Judd Apatow and Stephen Brill had. I know. And then so Jerry and Pat are both 
at the go at the go kart track. The go karts are still there; they just don't have engines anymore, and they're just kind of. Do you remember more about like how this conversation goes? I do because I, this I, I almost clipped it, but it's just it, it, you know there was too many like long pauses and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Jerry is sitting in a, a non-functioning go kart, just kind of moping basically, mm-hmm. and Pat comes over and he does a little bit where he holds out his thumb and he says, "Can I get a lift?" Yes. Um, yes. And then, yeah, fun, fun, fun little intro. Uh-huh. And then um, they they have this little conversation where Jerry's like, "Did this camp always stink like this?" And and Jerry's like, "No, it didn't. It used to be cool, actually." Yeah. Uh, and then they have a nice little heart to heart where, like, yeah, it's a little cheesy, maybe it's a mm-hmm. little like an easy scene, but it hits you hard. And and Adam Schwartz, the kid playing Adam Aaron Schwartz, the kid playing Jerry. I think sells it so well where he's just like, I'm so slow and I thought I could go fast one time. Yes. I thought if nothing else, I would get that out of this. Yes. And I can't. And it's so heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. So heartbreaking. And then heartwarming. Yeah. Because, because then Jerry says, you want to go fast? No, Pat's Pat. Jerry. Uh, Pat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pat says, you want to go fast? All right. I think I can handle that. And then he gets behind and he starts pushing the go-kart as if yes. it is working. And then the whole time, I think this is the part you want to talk about. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. The whole time, uh, you said Jenny, uh, Judy, Judy, Judy. Sorry, Julie. Judy's, excuse Julie. me. Julie, Julie is watching from you know across the camp, and she is just watching Pat like push Jerry around the go kart track, and they're like having fun and everything like that. And this is again what I said: like the face acting is like she goes from. I'm going to fuck this guy too. I am going, this kid's, this guy's going to put a baby in me and we are going to, he's going to be an awesome dad because he's doing awesome dad shit. Yeah. Like she just sees him being the perfect dad and, and and you you can see it in her face. She's just like, Oh, I want that man's babies in me. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, It's. And you, and it makes like you buy it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it it is it, her her thinking that is a rational. You know, you can again. I think we can get into like she just kind of exists for like you know she's one a healthcare worker, which that is kind of the other yeah. thing that she she provides in this situation. But like her big you know part in this is like oh fi- helping Pat find his self esteem because he's like you know, sexually and romantically desirable by an attractive woman, which is yeah. not, you know, not the best, not but, the it, best. but it, but it is, it's the, the players here execute it well. Yes, absolutely. Very well. We're like, again, it's not only, not only do you believe it, but like, you're like, yeah, if I was a, if I was a straight girl who wanted to have a family like that, I would uh-huh. think this too. Uh huh. Like yeah. he, like she does. She sells the face, and and Tom McGowan, who plays Pat, really sells. Like you, you, like you can't help but love that guy so much in that I moment know. because he's just he's being so good to Jerry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think now we get to. The, I feel like the next major scene is the way in. Yeah, there's there's the Ugh. there's a way in where. Basically, so, so we also get to like part two of the um, the the chipmunk betrayers arc here. Yes, yes, yes. Where so, that is, 
Part one of the art, we find out that this former chickmunk who is now working for Tony Perkis betrayed mm-hmm. them, sold out their uh, thing. We now get a little fuller picture of his character where we see like, oh, what he's motivated by is like money. Presumably he's yes. getting kiss ass points for Tony for selling them out. And mm-hmm. now he's turning back around and he is selling the kids illegal fast food yes. because they don't have their treats anymore. And so like, it's all a big scheme for him. He it's, is, he's, he is he's in profiteering the off, their, off yeah. their misery and off of creating their misery. Exactly. Like he's he is he is which is like such a such a like 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 important part of studying like like you know counter revolutionary like yes. movements <laughs> like <laughs> it like is, it's like it's the movie doesn't just do a good job of like being like talking to kids on their level it's about what it's like to be a fat kid uh-huh. and, and the joy of fat kids finding camaraderie together. It also is like I'm not going to claim this is like, you know, any kind of manifesto or anything like that, but uh-huh. it does do a decent job of like speaking at kids movies levels of revolutionary politics. Yeah, yeah, way. yeah. When 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 there are, you know, like like, you know, fascistic movements like this, um, you know, there will be these people who will you know, sell out their own people on such a deep way where they are both like lining up to be you know the the boot that's grinding into your neck and then they are also being the you know they will also profit off of you know helping you out a little bit while yeah, they, t- they not- take away they take away your hope and then they sell it back to you <laughs> yeah yeah they take away your hope they sell it back to you and they're making money on both sides of the deal yeah and that is that is so you know uh there 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 could be something to be said about you know perhaps Somebody who spent a lot of time on Wheaties boxes, uh, <laughs> coming out and being like a major, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 oh, this is this is the transgender tipping point, uh, uh, the the transgender mom from the Keeping <laughs> Up with the Kardashians is coming I out. And, uh, I didn't know where you were going with that until you said transgender tipping point. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh huh. Uh huh. Star of Jack and Jill, Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> Right, I'm not. She, she's in the movie. She is oh before she transitioned, yeah, but yeah, she yeah. is in the movie in a cameo. <laughs> Fucking incredible! I mean, <laughs> even more, just like exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, 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 she. You know, made her media circus off of transitioning, and now she is. You know, she is. She's trying on the 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 boot in a maybe more feminine cut, and grinding <laughs> yeah, it right back boot, into yeah. our necks. <laughs> Yep. Um. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, that so that's part two of of, of that minor character's arc, which kind of mm-hmm. does just happen in the background. It's not like a dress. It's just like yeah, you see him do that in the first, and then you see that like he's there, he's the narc, and then he's the plug, and then we'll get to part three when we get to yeah. that scene. Yeah, yeah, and then and then yeah, the the the, the way in. Everybody, nobody's lost weight. Most of them have gained weight. Yep. Because because they've been they they've been cheating on their diets, but also because like what Tony Perkis does is, is not, not healthy or helpful. Yeah. It's not a healthy way to like like it's not a it's not a way to get healthy um, or it's a way not to lose weight. Really. really, a way to lose weight either. Like yeah. it's just bad. And and so and and there's there's like this whole 
the, the you know we get I think sort of a, a a Chekhov's gun kind of thing set up where like first of all like he starts this like by doing a cool like jog in but then it turns out the camera guy wasn't rolling yeah. so he tells him to start rolling and then he he comes in and as soon as like the weigh in starts to go south for Tony he tells the camera guy to stop recording and eagle-eyed viewers will notice that red light doesn't go off i so i I very much noticed (laughs) we've set up we've set up that there's damning footage of tony perkis fucking verbally abusing children and that's like another thing in this movie where again i say the screenplay doesn't get enough credit like this is a specific Mm -hmm. thing that's in a lot of movies i think where it gets talked about a lot in like film criticism is is the back to the future script is very much this way where like every little detail there's no wasted time in the script where like every little oh detail God. that you see yes. in the front half of the movie is then paid off in the back half of the movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh and it's very satisfying and there are so many moments like that in heavyweights too there's like there's that thing with the camera there's uh the scene where josh knows how to shave because he's been doing it for years at this point and then he like wins the balloon shaving that is part of the relay race at the end of the movie and 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 okay so there's swiss watch this movie there's 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 a a a character one of the uh one of the other campers i couldn't remember this character's name for the life of me is this the fattest boy in camp no not the fattest boy in camp but at the dance scene he is wearing a Les Mis shirt. Oh, yeah, shirt, yeah, that kid. That which is, funny is because paid there's, off itself. <laughs> yes. There's a British kid, and then yes. there's also, like, a Frasier-style kid. Yeah, Who's, yeah. like, not British, but is fancy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's the Frasier-style kid. <laughs> who wears a Les Mis shirt. Yeah. Oh, my God. <sighs> what a good movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I then, then I think now is when we get to the, the hike? Is that... Uh, I think thereabouts, yeah. So because Tony is so disappointed, by the way, and there's a fun moment where there's this kid, Sims is his name. Yeah, he's, he's the fattest boy in camp. Uh, Sims, uh, just he he has like one line of dialogue, one uh-huh. side, like a pivotal point. Uh, the rest of the movie, he is silent, but he just has the wettest, saddest eyes. Yes, uh, and the movie makes good use of that throughout. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and, and immediately when when Tony Perkis points out that he that he's the fattest boy in camp, I I like just shout it out. He's also like eight inches taller than yeah, anyone yeah. in camp. So like, <laughs> yeah, like so of course he's the half. Like I don't I don't even think it's right to say he's the fat. He's the heaviest, yeah. but he's yeah. also way taller than them. Uh-huh. But that moment also is so great because. So I think it's Lars who says, congratulations, you're the fattest boy in camp. Yeah. And then there's like a moment where he seems like he doesn't know how to react and he might be hurt by this. And then again, one of the key moments of, of yes. fat camaraderie in this movie where, where Josh, who's like kind of the party guy in uh-huh. the camps, uh, just immediately goes, all right, fattest boy in camp. And starts like a round of applause from yeah. all the kids. And then he starts doing like the champion hands thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. What a good movie. And then and then Josh gets disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I actually think he gets disappeared earlier. I think this is after he's come back. Oh, do- is it? Yeah, because he's disappeared in the scene where they expose all the candy because he gets disappeared. That's and I actually right. want to talk about this. This is just a fun fact. Mm-hmm. But there's a line where so Tony finds their huge stash because the other guy knocked him out. Uh-huh. And then he says, Who's, whose food is this? Whose is this? And Josh says, and we there's this weird moment in the movie where it's like clearly dubbed over where Josh yes. says, uh, Seymour Butts. Yeah. And he says, who's Seymour Butts? He says, nobody's Seymour Butts than you, Uncle Tony. And then that's how he gets banned from the camp right. before he comes back. Yes. I, I don't know if you found out, but I, I did find out the original line. Um, oh. 
I both looked it up and then also uh, my friends over at the Super Mario Brothers Movie Archive also yeah. sent me a link explaining it. Uh, the original joke is much dirtier uh-huh. and I, I believe was cut because they were going to get a PG-13 if they didn't cut it. Oh, um, fuck the yes. original line is, uh, he says, Peter Fitz instead of Seymour Butts. And then Tony says, who's Peter Fitz? Who's Peter Fitz? And then Josh says, anybody's Peter Fitz if you push hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> Which I told Casey this and she took that as a rape joke. I don't think it is. No. I, I kind of think it's just a funny, dirty joke. It's just a funny, dirty joke. Yeah. But uh, it was a little too dirty for the for the censors. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. it got dubbed over with the Seymour Butts line. By the way, Josh played by, um, I don't remember the actor's name, uh, but he also plays Goldberg Sean in the Mighty Weiss. Ducks movie. Yeah. Um, very talented child actor. Unfortunately, if you do look into him, he had kind of a child actor-y uh, arc, yeah. arc uh, that is maybe a little bit tragic. Uh, I think if I remember correct, mm, no, I, I'm i trying to remember if he shows up in the Mighty Ducks uh, uh, Disney Plus show because a number of the old Mighty Ducks did. I don't yeah. think they were able to get him because I do think he is still not doing i will will say according to his wikipedia page as of january 2023 he is three years sober good for him uh and he is he does have his this year he does have his first movie role that he's had since 2008 it is unfortunately in the film jesus revolution ah uh but he's he's working again he's apparently doing a stand-up tour currently and has been sober for three years so you know we wish him all the best yeah yeah, we wish him all the best uh it's yeah given that he's uh sober for three years probably wasn't in working shape for in time for the uh the the mighty ducks Ducks game show um, he he also was a semi regular on Freaks and Geeks. So uh, oh yeah you know. yeah yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. yeah. Um, he's great. He's, he's I, I mean yeah you know he's great in everything he's he I've ever seen him in. He's yeah. he, he was so funny. Uh huh uh huh. Um, Goldberg. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's a great scene where where he comes back and is pretending to be lobotomized. <laughs> yeah. He, like he he's comes back so in the middle of the night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then he's fucking pretending to be lobotomized, and then they're, they're, everyone's like very concerned for him. And then he's yeah. just like, "Ah, I'm just fucking with you." My dad threatened to sue Tony, and he let me back into the can. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. Um. So now we're on to the hike. Yes. Yes. So so Tony's yeah, like, "Hey, yeah. we're gonna do like a he at first he says twenty mile hike, um, which is insane." Yeah, uh, it, it that's not a feasible amount of time to no. close in a day, especially if you are a child. Yeah, um, I I could probably do twenty miles if I didn't have a backpack on these days. But like again, still pretty arduous. Yeah, um, I mean almost a marathon. Like <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah, and 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 it's 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 bad. It's bad stuff. Um, Which, like, I, I've known some, my, my dad has run a marathon. I've uh-huh. known people who have run marathon. And what I've heard from several of them is that if you tell your doctor you're thinking of running a marathon, even as a, like, healthy, yeah. in-shape adult, the thing they usually say is, don't do that. It's not good for the human body. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, yeah. 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 Um, God, I... Okay. We're just going to talk about movies. Also, this episode is just... <laughs> Stupidly long, whatever. But uh, but but yeah, they go on this hike. Uh, the hike goes miserably. They set up a pit 
at some point. Somebody yeah, almost this is falls. Also into- like <laughs> another. Yeah, they said the, the, you mean the movie sets up a pit, and yeah. then the characters set up a yeah, pit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, this is I, another one of those moments where the movie like fully transitions into horror movie for me. Yeah. Where, the, where like Tony is like clearly deranged and mm-hmm. putting them in unsafe scenarios and like mm-hmm. causing like actual legitimate threat. At one point, a kid collapses and he tells the other kids to leave him behind. Yeah, like, yeah. Like yep. the 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 movie kind of crosses over into its end game here, which is like, okay, this is actually scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually dangerous that these kids could be hurt uh, by Tony's, you know fucking regiments yeah um and then and then they you know there's there's sort of an exchange at the 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 the, the, like some sort of cliff face and tony just loses his fucking mind and uh starts doing like flips on a overhanging log that is just like like he jumps off the he fully just jumps off the cliff and catches himself on a tree Uh uh-huh like on perp, like as a yeah. stunt, he does this. Yeah, and is like doing flips on that on the log. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is where they start to kind of hatch a plan. They're like, this guy. If this is how he, if this is how little he cares about his own life, he yeah. really doesn't care about ours. We're 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 gonna get seriously hurt. And and I mean, like, so so the adults, the the sane adults in the room, the uh, you know, uh, uh, uh Tim, Pat, and Julie. Yep. Are all are are all kind of like they're trying to like oh I know someone in child wel- welfare I know a lawyer maybe we can you know figure something yeah. out but we don't have any hard evidence and so you know but they're telling they're telling the kid like they're telling the kids like hey we're trying but sorry yeah um, <laughs> and uh, and then so the kids come up with this plan where they tell Tim hey. We had we we've been having this discussion. First of all, we we're on board. We want to. They tell. Wanna, uh, they tell Tony. You mean? Yeah, they tell Tony. First of all, we're on board. We want to get. We want to get fit, and we want your help. Yeah. Um, but we heard that you can't do sit ups if you can't hear or see. Yeah. And. Tony's like, oh, okay, well, I, I'd be happy to to prove prove all of you wrong. Yeah, and uh, there's a so lot they, of mus- there's a lot of myths about fitness out there. He says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so they put a, a blindfold over him and have him do a sit up. Um, what's it? Josh has pulled down his shorts and yes. uh, <laughs> bent over over Tony, so Tony does a sit up straight to Josh's ass. Yep. Um, after which. Tony chases Josh, and Josh leads him to the pit that the movie set up a little bit earlier, and they fucking trap Tony in a pit. <laughs> we also get a line that I have seen memes several times, which is, and it's, it's, it is one of those, like, perfectly cut, not perfectly cut screams, but just, like, perfectly cut for comedy moments where he's, yeah. where, uh, so the kid stops strategically placed on the other side of the pit, uh-huh. pretending to have a cramp, uh-huh. and Tony says a line, which is, which has been a meme that I've seen where he says, congratulations, you just joined the 72% of Americans who forget to stretch before hard exercise. And then like, <laughs> as he's finishing the sentence, yes. he steps in the pit and eats shit. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so fucking good. It's so yeah. fucking good. And yeah. uh, yeah, so now they've got Tony in a pit. Um, yeah. and Which I think we just like cut to Tony in a cage then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they they have somehow corralled Tony into a cage that is electrified. <laughs> yes. And here's where the movie like again 
I can kind of see where critics would come at this scene where uh-huh. it's like the movie pretends to be realistic for a second or with uh-huh. like the whole healthcare worker with the whole like, you know, I know a child welfare worker, I know a lawyer, that stuff. And yeah. then like when Pat sees this at first, he's like, this is a crime. This yeah. is illegal. We, we will go to this. jail. We cannot do this. <laughs> like the movie toys with being realistic. And then Tony is mean to Pat and he gets uh-huh. on board. And Tim and Julie were already on board, even though it's illegal. Right. And, and so the movie just like kind of goes fully into the fantasy zone here yeah. where it's, it's over the top. But I don't know. It were like I like you and I obviously were on board enough with the movie that like we can suspend our disbelief there. I can see why that would bump some other people, but yeah. at the same time, the moment I don't where know, the movie's so good, it it it's got the momentum. It's fun. Just go with it. The the moment where Pat is like, "Oh, I, I this is illegal. We can't do this." And then he pulls the tape off of Tony's mouth, and Tony's just like, "You're a horrible little fat man," or whatever the fuck he says. Well, he says that, and he also specifically says, and it's funny because again, like the movie really hits this point hard in a way that I think is very smart to do. Uh-huh. It's not just that he has crazy ideas about fitness and, and, and things fat people are discussing that can be fixed. He personally hates them. He says, you're a disgusting little fat man. And he also says, I'm going to kick you in the groin as hard as I can. As soon as my legs are free. Uh huh. Uh huh. And then, and then Pat's just like, okay, well, yeah, fuck it. Like, let's do do a violent coup. Like, (laughs) and he says, we're going to have to ride this thing out, which like, what do you mean by that? (laughs) That means shoot out with the ATF. (laughs) I mean, it does, right? (laughs) Luckily, like movie magic happens so that like Tony can kind of expose himself before it has to come out that they kept him in the thing. But you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. I actually have a bit of that audio as well. Okay, great, great. Yeah, because that's a great... They, they they tie up the counselors. They There's a great scene with Lars where they, like, tell him that they're going to feed him to bears yeah. um, and, like, smear honey on him so bears come and eat him. Um, and then, uh, yeah, they, they, then it's, like, Parents' Day. Yeah. Um, it's Parents' Day, so all the parents are there, and they've made a video where they basically, like, recut the the Camp Hope infomercial with footage of what it's really currently like with the mm-hmm. title Camp Hell. Yeah. Utilizing, as you as you pointed out earlier, the footage that uh, Kenny the cameraman had taken yep. uh, when he said the camera was off, but it wasn't because... Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing. It's not just that he says he turns the camera off and eagle-eyed viewers can spot that the red light is on. There's also, like, several scenes of Tony not knowing how camera works. Like, in yes. that same scene, he, like, he said, the guy says, speed... Uh, and the guy says, and Tony says, does that mean action? And, and so like, yeah. it's really well set up of like that he would have this footage and that Tony wouldn't realize it basically. And it's also, you know, the classic fascist trap, how, you know, so many of them have fallen down is that he, 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 there's this scene where the cameraman's like complaining about like, that guy owes me 600 bucks. Yeah. He, yeah. You gotta stay up on your bills or, uh, somebody's, somebody's gonna, uh, stab you in the back. And that is exactly what happens. <laughs> so they so they see this video. The parents are horrified, obviously. And then we get this dramatic ass reveal oh of God. Tony has escaped because he tricked. He took some tinfoil, made it look like a ch- uh, Hershey's kiss, and tricked the British kid into to yeah. getting close enough that he could like grab him and get out of the cage. Mm-hmm. Which one my maybe one and only criticism. I actually I have two criticisms of this movie. This one is like. 
why'd you put the kid? Why what, did yeah. all three of the good adults need to be a parent today? Why, yeah, why right? didn't you have Tim watching Tony? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. So Tony has escaped. He's in the windows. He's in the high windows. He gives like a crazy villain rant. And then he jumps down like 15 feet from the window. Uh, ben Slaughter sells it very well. Just going, ouch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And then it culminates with this scene with him stepping on glass while ranting, which I actually do have the audio of here because oh, I think uh, yes. I, I want the people to get a taste of Ben Stiller's performance here. And this is mm-hmm. one of my this favorite is moments. peak Ben Stiller in this movie. Yeah, this is just the very end of his rant where he's truly deranged and yelling at the parents. So let's hear that now. And he's like throwing glass, like glass cups and pitchers on the floor and stepping on them as he does this, mm-hmm. which you will hear. Oh, oh. Man. I'm too strong! I'm too motivated! And you're too weak! Especially you, Garner, Gerald, age 11, 141 pounds! So come on, you want a piece of meat, Pops? Because no one's taking this cab away from me! I'm afraid you're wrong. You are through here. Ben Stiller is so good when he's playing mm-hmm. the villain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also, I hate to hand it to him because is he, he is a creep and he does suck big time. Yep. But I but I really love Jeffrey Tambor's line there. Yeah. It is like one of those lines that has stuck in my head as like the quintessential like, you know, usually calm, reserved guy shutting down a bad guy just thoroughly yeah. and completely. That just, uh-huh. uh, well, you're wrong. Like, it's just, uh, it's yeah. such a satisfying moment. It's also, uh, this was actually something that Casey said when we were watching it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like, a, it's for kids, it's like the fantasy moment of your dad yeah. standing up for you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, it's a beautiful moment. Yeah, and 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 I do want to point out, this is something that that, like, the dialogue has hit on a lot up until this moment, but the way that he talks about Jerry is he, last name, first name, wait. He doesn't yeah. think of these kids as people. He thinks of them as, like, just fat kids who fat problems that need to be resolved. And exactly. that's that's how he 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 talks about them. yeah. and then and then, yeah, they they they, you know, Tony Perkins is fucking, ar- he's not arrested. I think he's just like. His dad shows up. Tony Perkins yeah. Sr., the lighting yeah. fixture king from the Ben Stiller show, uh-huh. shows up to like uh, take him home, basically. Yes, yes, to take him uh, home. And yeah. he's like, oh, well, you know, you, you'll get refunds in the mail. Everybody head home. And then everybody's like, no, we want to we wanna stay at Camp Hope. And. Yeah. And he's like, well, okay, just for insurance reasons, I need a responsible adult I can put down on the forms. And that's when everybody, you know, rallies around Pat and Pat becomes the, you know, the new person who is running Camp Hope. This is where I think one of the scenes that kind of this is my most iffy scene of the movie happens here. After this or this? No, right after. Right after Pat is like given the keys to the camp. Okay, well, well, well t- shoot, shoot it at me. So after that, they have this like this bacchanal. Yeah, I okay. I like the bacchanal. The bacchanal is great. The Bacchanal is great. It's the aftermath of the Bacchanal that I think is one of the rare. It, it, I wouldn't even call it a misstep because I can talk about it in a way that 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 oh, where it actually, kind of makes sense. 
I kind of like the aftermath of the Bakken. We'll, okay, we'll, okay. We'll then, then, then let's talk about it because I, 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 I think that there's a way to think about it that is a misstep, and there's a way to think about it that is really actually great. Um, the, the, you know, so all, all the kids like they they just go fucking crazy. They order a fuck ton of pizza, a fuck ton of burgers, and they're is the important third part of our of our skeezy only in it for the money camp yes. counselor. Who first narked them out, then sold them back the, the fatty foods they love. Mm-hmm. We see in the Bacchanal that he is using all the money he took from them to, yep. to pay for it. Like he mm-hmm. has clearly come around mm-hmm. and is is giving the money back to them in the form which they clearly want. Yeah. Which is this insane party where he has spent probably four hundred dollars on food because there's like yeah. ten pizzas, six buckets of fried chicken, a bunch of other mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. 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 And, and yeah, so they 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 all go crazy. They wake up the next day like well, okay. There's two things I want to talk about during the back and all. I'm okay. sorry. So one we got Tim has joined them, yes. which again I think is an important moment of Tim's character because it 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 make it makes so much sense to me that like yeah he's a skinny guy now, but like he too knows what it's like to be a fat guy, and he too is just so overjoyed to have taken down Tony Perkis. Yeah, that he wants to join in, and that to me is a weirdly touching moment. Yes. There's also a moment in the back and all, and I like this too. And I, this is part of why I like the aftermath is because this scene exists. I think it sets the stage well. Where Pat has a moment where he's like, "I should stop this." Yeah. yeah and yeah, Julie, yeah, yeah. I think for two reasons. I think one because I think she has correctly assessed that after what they have been through, they deserve some kind of release. Yes. And for that, for them, that is this back and all. The uh-huh. other reason is she's going to fuck Pat tonight <laughs> because the way she stops him from going down is that she takes him by the hand. She says, no, stay with me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, I, Absolutely. So I just wanted to get those things out during the yeah. night of the back and all. Now we can, we can move on to the next then, morning. Yeah. The morning after it's literally shot like the aftermath of like a world war one scene, like yeah. where just everybody is just like lying on the ground, groaning, covered in fucking like the gore of the food that they were eating before. Yeah. And Pat wakes them all up and he's like, okay, so it's time to turn, you know, it's time to turn things around. Well, he says, what did we learn, everybody? And Keenan says, don't put Twinkies on your pizza. Yes. And then Pat says, yes, that, but also that maybe we should have a little bit of responsibility. And this is, I I, I think I I, I kind of miss, incorrectly sold my opinion on this scene. I think that there's a way to read this where it's like, this is the movie covering its ass and saying like, no, fat kids actually do need to to get more healthy. I think it is a lot more measured than that in that it's like, we still don't need to be focused on you guys not becoming fat because fat isn't a bad thing, but we can eat a little healthier and we can have a little bit of exercise and we can still have fun. I, yeah, see, because I, 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 to me, it, it, it lands that second. I, yeah. I fully do believe that it is, it is more the second thing. Uh, I think you're right. Where, and I, I agree. That's, but that's, I also think like, I also think you're right to point out the first thing, because I also think like this scene probably had to be in the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like e- this was either the result of a studio note or if it wasn't, if it wasn't there or if it was there already, it would have been a studio note. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You could the, like they wouldn't have let them make this movie without this scene. I don't think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think knowing that, I I think the movie does a. I I I think it so easily could be a scene that totally undersells the rest of the movie. Yeah, but I do think it does a really good job of walking the line of being like, listen, 
let's be honest, that Bacchanal probably wasn't the healthiest thing for us to yeah. do. But, and what I think clinches it for me is that he does, I don't even think he says the words we should be eating healthier. He just says, we should be taking responsibility for our diets, which yeah. to me means like, yes, he's like, yeah, we should that's just specifically like, specifically how he says it. Yeah. Which is like, oh, it's not, it's not about getting skinny. It's not about, it's just like, hey, two things are true. For our own sakes, we should just, we should try to be uh, healthy, yeah. which is not the same thing as losing weight. It's not the same yes. thing as, as not being a fat person, We should, but we should try to be healthy. And the other thing is, we should respect ourselves because there's nothing wrong yes. with being fat. And I, I kind of, I love that the movie is able to stick the landing that way, which mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a difficult needle to thread. Yeah. Yeah, especially f- fucking in the culture that it was in at that point. Uh, to, fucking today, I, th- yeah. I think it would be a hard. That's why I thread. said, like, we, you, 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 they'd never make this fucking movie today because, yeah. like, it would either be, it would either go way too hard in either direction, where it would either be like this, like, you know, reads like a fucking Tumblr post, you know, just like yep. glad handing of like, oh, you know, fat's great and everything like that, which again, those people aren't wrong, but it it wouldn't have, you know, it wouldn't have the effect in this that this has, or there would be like this super hardcore, like, okay, Tony was evil, but, but we're, we're going to cut to five years later and they're all skinny teens. now. They're all skinny <laughs> teens or, you know, you know, they're, we're, we're going to show them all eating celery and, and fucking running on treadmills because they want to like yeah. that's we would get one of those two things. And this movie threads a really good needle. And that's why I love this. This scene so much is, yeah. is where I, I, I just think like it's it's such a deft hand of like mm-hmm. not shying away from from the topic. And yet also still uh, delivering a a message that I think really, really works, which is why I find it so frustrating when I hear critics say like the thing that Siskel said, Uh where like, you know, it seems like a big part of why this movie didn't uh, do well with critics is because a lot of people wanted that that version where they're eating celery Uh on the treadmills, but because they want to. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Mm -hmm. I think the movie uh, is so much better than that. Yeah. Yeah. Now. From there, we get a whole like there. There's the 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 Apache relay. The Apache relay, which I don't. There's first of all, there's like cultural appropriation. I mean, this is my other criticism of the movie, which is like, I mean, it's accurate to the time. Yes, but but that doesn't you know. I I wish it was. I wish they had been smart enough to see that you know that that wasn't great. Mm -hmm. Where the the kids are all basically dressed up as their version of Apache uh, people. Uh, which then, is unclear to me too, because camp the 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 fit yeah. camp they're dressed in like togas. Yeah, and it's not like Camp Hope itself doesn't have isn't nope. like Apache themed. Like nope. their their bunk is is the chipmunk bunk. It's called uh-huh. Camp Hope. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Very 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 common in this time for uh, summer camps to be named after like indigenous tribes. Right. This movie is not, but for yeah. some reason the relay at the end of these, it's a weird choice that I think doesn't really fit and unfortunately it is kind of a sign of the movie's the, the one part where the movie doesn't age so well. Yeah, and 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 here's here's what I'm going to say about the final scene. I think that we should maybe both for the sake of us making a podcast that's less than 2 hours long and for the sake of like, you know, letting people experience snack. this movie for themselves. Listen, it's a it's a relay race and it it goes 
it goes well and that's the end of the movie like can, can, we, can we just tell y'all that it, it it's it's there are a lot of parts of it that are very well executed uh that set up earlier in the movie but we can't fucking go granular on this the the dragon has been defeated and this is this is them kind of doing a victory lap it's great Agreed. there's a lot of stuff that it pays off that, that, that's earlier in the movie but we don't need to get into it, it show pays off and also, one last thing. I'm not going to go granular, but one last yes. thing I will say about the relay race scene is that I think it is one of the better executed versions I have seen of, like, the moral victory versus the literal victory. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. you check that out. Check, check out Heavyweights. It's go a good watch fucking movie. Heavyweights. It Let's rolled. hear that second snack description. <laughs> yeah. Signature Select Diet Cola Soda is the generic sugar-free cola-flavored soft drink sold by Albertsons, as well as its subsidiary brands, including, but not limited to, Acme Markets, Amigos, Cars, Jewel Osco, Lucky, Market Street, Pavilions, Randall's, Safeway, Shaw's and Star Market, Tom Thumb, United Supermarkets, and Vaughn's. It comes in a gray can with swirls that are yellow, white, and two more shades of gray. How exciting. Okay, I I think I should uh, swap the can that has been on my desk for uh, probably about an hour and a half now for uh, the, the other one that's in my fridge. That's fair. I'm gonna keep mine. It's still pretty cool. It's it's not quite you know room tent. It's still it's still pretty cool. Let's just. Let's I also just this is my last one. I did. I had these in my house. I uh-huh. will. I will say these are. are I'll, you know, let's just get out of out of here ahead. Uh-huh. Never would buy because I do buy these frequently. Yeah. I can't. I'm not gonna yeah. hide that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's fucking generic diet coke. Like. Yeah. And let's let's Man. pop into it. Yeah. Let me crack open. So you got this in Safeway. I got it at Vaughn. Yep. Signature Select, a brand, a generic brand that spans a lot of different grocery mm-hmm. stores. Mm-hmm. I've taken a sip there. Yeah. To me, this is like the perfect median average generic diet soda. Yeah. It's not the best I've had. It's no. not the worst I've had. It's just kind of, it's just right there. It just uh-huh. it gets the job done. It gets the job done. It doesn't quite have the powerful aspartame taste that a lot of diet cokes have i can't Uh, speak to that because i've trained my body not to taste it yeah 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 it it it, which i i haven't but i i embrace the aspartame when it's there i think it does have aspartame in it i I bet i bet for sure it does yeah it does it does yeah 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 it's it's like the fourth listed ingredient but like i feel like they did more work to cover that than like Diet Coke does. Um, Interesting. Which, I, but I don't think that's to their strength. I think, you know, I think the aspartame taste is part of what is good about Diet Colas. Well, I've always said about aspartame that, so I know, I mean, I do know what that, the famous after aspartame aftertaste tastes like because yeah. I, I have experienced it in the past. Uh-huh. That is the part that my body has gotten rid of. But I have always maintained that the 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 first wave of flavor that aspartame hits you with before the aftertaste sets in, yeah, to me tastes more like real sugar than corn syrup does. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and so I do think that that I think uh, I, I, I to your point, I don't I don't mind when a soda is kind of a diet soda is kind of loud and proud with that aspartame taste. Yeah, yeah. Diet Coke also has the benefit of like 
it's an, it's probably the most iconic diet soda uh, yeah. as taste wise. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas when you don't when you don't have that edge, it's a little harder to um, to 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 kind of distinguish yourself, and you maybe it would lead you to being insecure about the aspartame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That being said, I still think this is a totally decent soda. It's it a regular is. fixture in my fridge. Mm-hmm. Same here. It's, it's a, a wood, wood buy, buy wood drink. Wood drink. Um. Yeah, <laughs> decent soda. <laughs> yeah, yeah, agreed. And, and I mean, you know, we we can't really belabor this. This is, I wanted to kind of pair the, you know, we have popcorn because we were watching a movie and a diet cola because we were watching specifically a movie that deals with, you know, fat phobia and weight loss. I feel, thought that might kind of tie in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, diet soda, it isn't it isn't just for, uh, it isn't just for weight loss. It, it tastes good on its own. I would say you shouldn't drink it for weight loss because you will correct. not lose weight that way. You will not lose weight that way. But it, but I but, I, I mean I drink yeah. it basically because I just it's it is better than having that much sugar. But it, yeah, you know uh, whatever. It's, uh, yeah. But I I like it. This is a solid one. Totally dis diet yeah. soda. Yeah. I I also do think it's funny that it is actually called diet cola soda. Yeah, diet cola soda is, is a, a very silly. funny name for uh, yeah. soda. All right. Uh, then I, th- I, 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 th- we've got our ratings in for all of our snacks. We've talked about heavyweights. Hello, I have hey. a meeting to get to, and you've, oh you've been, you two so dumbasses sorry. have been going on for so long. Have you ever seen heavyweights? I've seen, I've seen the version that exists in the snack dimension. What's different about it? Uh, it's the same movie, but Tony Perkis is the hero. Fuck, that sucks. Um, it's bleak. I'm not a huge fan of it, but you know, it's uh, snack dimension culture in the '90s was was not so great. Yeah, it sounds like it was really bad. Um, it, it, you... it is. It ends the same. It's just it's con- it was considered a dark ending. Oh, there's a. It does have a kind of cult following though, where some people in the snack dimension kind of. I guess it's just a radical reinterpretation in our dimension where it's the same movie, but uh, there are people in the snack dimension who sort of appreciate it in the same way that you do in your dimension with the kids as the heroes. But no, it was very much sold as a, as a tragic story about a heroic man being defeated by a bunch of selfish little children. Weird. Do you want to outro the show? <laughs> I listen. I I haven't seen it since I was a kid. I'm not commenting. I'm just telling you what the stack dimension is like. Okay. Okay. I I appreciate the extra world building. <laughs> I'm not sure what you mean. I'm just telling you about where I'm from. Yeah. But goodbye, ghosts and ghoulies. The house of snacks is closed yet again. We'll smack you later. <laughs> For more from the House of Snacks, visit patreon.com slash house of snacks. That's patreon.com slash house of S-N-A-X.